0: Welcome back to Dumber Than a Sack of Hair. I am your host, Nicole Mann. What is wavy, baby? Everything is gravy. I'm glad to have you here with me again. I'm happy to see we have new listeners uh, from various countries. I see some people from Hong Kong have been listening. We have some people from Serbia back again. Um, New New Zealand hanging in there, Um, just happy to see you guys still listening, Um, I've been really busy, um, as um, I said before, um, if you guys have been listening, um, I am an essential worker, Um, some of my clients have been struggling with the pandemic, so so my upload schedule hasn't been as consistent um, as normal. I have been doing a lot of formula and diaper runs since certain things are scarce. Uh, Just trying to make sure that um, my clients have the things they need to survive. I've been working a lot of extra hours to try and help out since uh, a lot of people don't have daycare and things and can't come to work. Um, So hopefully um, now uh, my upload schedule is going to get a lot more consistent. I do like doing this Dumber Than a Sack of Hair as a live podcast, and I think I'm going to start doing it consistently once a month, having this live uh, show that's a little bit more funny. I'm going to be changing up my Patreon um, so that it's no longer something that's paid. I'll just do it free for you guys once a month. Um, And this uh, episode, we are going to talk about worst ways to kill your husband, and then after that, we're going to discuss some pandemic, dumber than a sack of hair things that came up in the news this week here in the U.S. So um, as usual, you can get a hold of me on Instagram and Twitter at Geek Flossie. Um, a couple people had mentioned, reached out to me and mentioned how much they liked uh, the Dumber Than a Sack hair and how great it would be to see me interact with someone else, uh, another podcaster or someone uh, someone actually threw out uh, someone, uh, Inform Overload, if any of you watch them on YouTube. Uh, Jared Pronstein from there, the Potato King, love him. Um, but if any of you have suggestions about that, hit me up, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I will put the results from that up on Twitter and maybe we can get a poll and see what we can do about that. But without further ado, let it get to our list of worst ways to kill your husband. Now, some of these are just crazy, insane. Some of these are pretty common happens all the time. Some of these are ridiculous and scary. At number 10. Catherine Knight. Catherine Knight stabbed her husband 37 times. With a butcher knife. Which you would think would be enough. You know. She stabbed a dude 37 times. You think that's a lot of work to put in. Good enough. I'm all set. Let's go. No. She was absolutely not done at all. She decided she then needed to skin him. And butcher him. And eat him. Because what else would you do at that point? She became the first Australian woman to be sentenced to a full life term without parole. Now, she did have a history of violence in relationships. Um, Yeah, she mashed up the dentures of one of her ex-husbands and slit another ex-husband's Eight-week-old puppy's throat in front of his eyes. Wow, how has she not been in jail before this? That's really messed up. She had a heated relationship with her current with her current husband, and the violence was public knowledge. He actually got an apprehended violence order against her right before she stabbed him 37 times. Before She stabbed him and butchered him. Um, Now, what people don't know, I actually read a book about this woman. And she worked in um, a butcher. Uh, She worked in a very large meat processing plant. And she was a trained butcher. Like, that was her job. Like, she actually kept the knives on her. And she put them up in her room above her bed kind of as this, um, I don't know, like she was so proud of her job because it's a job that takes a lot of strength and it's a job that's difficult for many men to get. So she was really proud of being able to have the job. So she used to keep the knives in her room, almost like a trophy of pride of this job that she has. And she was actually a very abusive and cruel woman. And so when this happened and this this man had tried to leave her a couple of times, um, and this is after he actually had finally broken down and left her that he did this because she moved on. He moved on from her. And um so when she actually did this, um, people knew the whole town knew that she beat up her boyfriends and that she was abusive. And they basically just told the guy right before they started dating. They're like, eh, you should probably stay away from her. That's basically all they did. They weren't like, yo, like, she hurts people. Like, really. Like, you will be lucky if, like, you don't, like, get stabbed. Like, nobody said that. They were just like, eh, you should probably stay away from her. Like, like that's it. So, yeah, that's awful, scary, probably the worst possible way to die. But um I would say it would have been great if people would have sat the dude down and been like, look, I'm going to level with you. She's scary, like sleeps with knives above her bed, scary. And I would say, don't go there if you want to live. Like, I, that would have been great, but it's not what happened. Number nine, Maria Savez. Well, okay, yeah, this would probably be one of the worst ways to die. Lizzie Borden's father can confirm this because he too was impaled with an axe. Maria Savez caught her husband in bed with the housekeeper. And in a fit of rage, she grabbed the axe and drove it through his head. Well, he went straight through the hospital. They spent six hours trying to get the axe out of his head. And he survived. And he went on to lead a normal life. So he actually did not die. They tried to kill him. So yeah, she failed to kill her husband, even though she impaled him with an axe. Good on you for surviving that. However you suck for cheating on your wife with the housekeeper in a manner in which she could catch you. Stacy Castor is number eight and she did what many a wife and husband have done. She poisoned her husband with antifreeze. I mean, tested method. Many a person has done it. So, uh, just, uh, Pro tip, you're in a relationship, it feels like it's going rocky, you get mysteriously ill, and nobody can figure out what the hell is going on, none of the doctors, none of the specialists. However, your significant other keeps bringing you Powerade, Gatorade, Monster, or Sweet Tea that just seems to be a little bit sweeter than normal. Go back to the hospital and ask to be tested for antifreeze poisoning antifreeze is sickeningly sweet and every time you watch an investigation discovery show about someone who was poisoned with antifreeze one of their loved ones will say they always complain the iced tea or the Gatorade was sickeningly sweet because of the antifreeze Stacey Castor uh, staged the scene to make her husband look like he committed suicide to- you can't commit suicide when you drink antifreeze um when made which made the cops suspicious, and when they found out he had heart attack, yeah, you, you can't commit suicide and when it's a heart attack, um, that's when they decided to order an autopsy. They would not have ordered an autopsy if she wouldn't have staged it to look like suicide, and that's when they found antifreeze in their system, and that just happens to be. The same substance that was in another one of her husband's autopsies. Wow. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't poison two people in your life with the same shit. Then she used her backup plan, which was frame her daughter. Yes. Kill your husband. Frame your daughter. Despite the fact that Ashley's only seven. Yes. Frame your minor child, your seven-year-old, because that's perfect. She actually was hospitalized for an overdose of pills and vodka. Wow. There was even a, how does a seven-year-old write a confession? This is dumb, dumbest of the sack of hairs. How does a seven-year-old write a confession to the murder of her father? She's seven. Also, how does a seven-year-old know to overdose on vodka and pills? Once again, she's seven. So this is where she completely shit the bed and her plan completely fell apart. She had a chance in hell until she decided to frame the seven-year-old. Ashley survived, uh, testified against her mother, and now she's in jail doing 25 to life, as she should, for The murder of her husband and attempted murder of her daughter absolutely deserves that. Next up, we have Omaya Ari Nelson. She was a model. She killed her husband, and then when she went to destroy, get rid of the body, she thought that she would be able to destroy it. By cutting it up in the garbage disposal. So for those of you who are not in the US and people have asked in Twitter threads about stuff that they see in movies, and they're not, they don't know if it's a real thing. When you see people turn on the switch next to the sink, and the sink makes this horrible noise, and and you see that people get their hand stuck in the sink and they scream and they yell and their hand gets mangled. What it is, is a garbage disposal is like two blades within the sink that cut up any type of refuse that gets scraped off the plate, any type of garbage that gets scraped off the plate. It's not supposed to be anything big, just small, scrape things off the plate. And it basically grinds it up so that it can go down the sink without clogging the sink up. That being said, it's supposed to be for small stuff, just like you know, pieces of chicken and and you know, s- small pieces of vegetables and stuff. It just grinds it up smaller, so it's not going to clog up your sink. That's the point of a garbage disposal. Ha- However, obviously, a garbage disposal is not going to cut up a six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound man. It is also not going to cut up bones. So, no, that's not going to work. When she realized that was not going to work, oh, no, no, no. No. So, <laughs> she, wow, no. She boiled him, breaded him, deep fried him, and ate him. Wow. Oh, no. Because. He, garbage disposal is not going to work. I can't just throw him down the garbage disposal. So let me put in the work and, you know, cook him up Texas state fair style. Like, no, that's just wrong. So, so wrong. Okay. Number five. <laughs> okay. So an angry Chinese woman, I have her name and please, I'm sorry if I butcher this because I know I'm going to butcher it. Xiao ziowin sliced off her husband's testicles while he was sleeping because she thought it would save her marriage because that is what i think of when i think of saving marriages is castrating my husband literally emasculating him by taking his testicles that's totally going to save a marriage the woman is a gynecologist and a mother and she takes good care of her children and husband. She, he asked for a divorce but she refused. He, so he that evening he suffered from diarrhea. She gave him sleeping pills instead of medicine for it. While he was sleeping, she removed his testicles with a fruit knife. Oh my god. For those of you who don't know why that's so so bad is because fruit knives are dull. They're not incredibly sharp, but think of it like a cheese knife. They're not dull, they don't they're not sharp. they have dull edges. She was arrested by the police and begged them to... he asked for her to get leniency because he felt responsible. Oh. Still, man, ow. Like, wow. Ooh. Oh, this is even worse. like this is the worst. Oh, wow. No. Katya Kartanova was jailed for two years after, oh my God, after she found her husband hooking up with her best friend, Lisa Ditriminoff. They went for a walk to meet Lena and invite her for a meal. After eating, they sat down to watch War of the Worlds, but Katya fell asleep. After a little bit, Katya woke up to find her husband half naked and her best friend performing oral sex. Katya immediately seized a floor lamp and crashed it over Lisa's head, which made her bite down and sever her husband's penis Realizing the serious of the wounds she inflicted, Katja called an ambulance and the pair was taken to a hospital. Liza suffered severe concussion and they were able to stitch Mikhail's penis back on. Katja got two years in a labor camp. The judges told her she had no right to be so violent. I disagree. Did she need to hit her in the head with a lamp? No, but... Could she have foreseen that she was going to hit her so hard she was going to lose consciousness and her jaw was going to lock on his penis? No, but I don't know. Like, I I can't say how I would react if my husband and my best friend decided to hook up sitting next to me. Not well, probably violent. I meant that violent, I don't know, but probably violent. So yeah, I disagree. I think she absolutely had the right to be so violent. Like, nah, not cool. Like, mm-mm. no, yeah. uh, mm. I I, I, mm. I, say that Katja's not the dumb one. I feel like her husband and her best friend are the ones who are dumber than a sack of hair for deciding they can go edit while she's sitting right there not cute this is so much worse tony and crystal border used to engage in bondage and asphyxiation and they were just having their weekly session um every once in a while they decide to throw in a little extra with some water play and the couple even videotaped themselves taking turns uh, doing things in their barn, such as, you know, autoerotic asphyxiation. First, Crystal was hanged by her husband, and then he let her down. And then Tony, he decided to asphyxiate himself, and she was hanging him. When he wanted to be lowered, he, however, he lost consciousness before he could finish saying that he needed to be lowered. She brought him down to the ground slow over 15 minutes. Wow. She, she, I need to be lowered. Maybe it's just me. But if I'm like, I need that. And then I lose consciousness. If I can't finish my sentence, or if my partner can't finish their sentence, I'm dropping you like a sack of potatoes so that I can run over and start CPR or something. Because loss of consciousness to me is the equivalent of a safe word. So she should have been on that immediately. But instead, she's like, oh, I got 15 minutes. We're cool. 15 minutes will work. We got time. Not only that, but 40 minutes. For 40 minutes, she checked his pulse and smoked cigarettes. Hmm, is he alive? He's good. Let me take another drag. Wait, see, he's good. Let me take another drag. Later that morning, she called the police and said she accidentally murdered him during a sex game. Because, yeah, that makes all the sense. All of it. Tony died of asphyxiation during hanging. Well, fucking duh. In a strange twist, he killed someone during a sex game and was convicted of manslaughter in 87. He was sentenced to eight years in jail for causing the death of a 19-year-old Wait for it. Due to asphyxiation during sex. Well, karma's a bitch. Just saying. I know all about this lady. I've heard about her. There's been like three different investigation, discovery, channel shows about this wonderful woman. She's a wonderful lady named Betty Newmar, 76 years old. Um, so Betty Newmar she made the number one mistake that intended murderers make and actually her grand her grandson did the he did the one thing that all people should do um always check your life insurance uh check the amounts if you know there's life insurance always check the amounts um always designate a beneficiary uh check like once or twice a year uh that the beneficiary hasn't been changed make sure the policy amount hasn't gone up um a lot of times when you hear people kill people for life insurance money uh they never they take out the policy and then they never go back and check on it they just make the payments and then unbeknownst to them their spouse went behind their back and upped the amounts without them ever knowing so even if you have a beautiful relationship it's your policy it's in your best interest to check on it because sometimes uh, companies do shady things, they up your premiums without you noticing they, you know, you find out if you have an auto pay situation that they're taking money out that you weren't aware of. So just check on your policies. Um, doing that would save a lot of people their lives when they, you know, if they were to find out that their husband or their wife had um, upped the amount, the payout without their knowledge, they had find out documents have been forged, It it does a world of difference. So this is an insurance policy scam. Jeff Karstenstein is Betty's grandson. He was freaked out when he found out that his grandmother was trying to buy a $100,000 life insurance policy on him and make herself the beneficiary. Um, and so because of that, it set off a red flag as it should, and Shortly afterwards, she was arrested at the age of 76 when they figured out that she tried to f- hire a hitman to kill her fourth husband, Harold. As that started to unfold, they decided to re-examine the deaths of her first child and four of the five men that she married, including Gentry. Um, they couldn't figure out a motive, but um through all of the records that they have and through the interviews that they did, they realized that really all she cared about was money. And when her- Harold ended up getting shot to death, she collected $20,000. And a year earlier, she collected $10,000 on life insurance when her son died. She also had life insurance policies on her fifth husband, John Newmar, who died in 2008. The official cause of death was listed as sepsis, but they think he might have been poisoned. To the outside world, the families, and to her friends and family, she was just B, a friendly old lady who operated beauty shops and attended church. But she had fistfights at family functions. She called people obscenities. She belittled people. So she would be the little old church lady on the outside, but behind closed doors, she was an awful nightmare. So now they're looking into um, the deaths of Jeff Carnston's stepfather, Jeff Carnston's stepfather, Gary Flynn, who was found shot to death in his apartment. They thought it was a suicide, but now they have questions. So She was actually convicted of four different... Of all of these, she was convicted of Harold Gentry. They were never able to uh, prove any of the others, but they believe that at least two of the four other questionable deaths that she was involved in. So, yes, insurance scams have been around forever. It's one of the longest ones going. Um, And it started because... The reason we don't have more of them is what a lot of people don't understand is in with World War II, people came from Europe and they immigrated to the United States, at least in the U.S. I don't know about other countries, but people came to Europe. People came to the United States from Europe. They had life insurance policies um, on people who had been in the Holocaust and American companies who had sold insurance in Europe. Did not want to cash in and there actually were senate hearings and there was a whole thing about this because people were divided some people felt that the insurance company took advantage of the war and people felt that it was a thing they always did every time there was a war there was an insurance boom and the companies made a lot of money and they feel that this was a little different because of the nature of the war and they felt that they were um, trying to get out of their obligation um, because of the lack of records and and how things happen, that they were refusing to follow through on their obligation. And what the companies were claiming is that there's a lack of regulation in insurance and that because the United States didn't have regulation, they couldn't prove that these people were were related to anyone who was in a concentration camp and that it was insurance it was widespread insurance fraud. So they kind of split the difference and people who were able to get a hold of any kind of documents were able to cash in. If they had and and they just had to be the flimsiest of documents. And at the same time there was widespread insurance regulation something we never had had and so it made it only you had to be there when someone took out insurance so if your son took out insurance on you his mother you the mother had to be there you had to sign the policy and we it never had to be like that before you could take out insurance on your borders you could take out insurance on your neighbor you could take out insurance on someone you never met before uh, so when you hear about things like tauntines, you could do that. You could go and legally take out policies on five dudes that you just met, you know, in the army, and it was legal. It was, it was, there was nothing against, there was nothing wrong with that. And that's why you had people who would, who would take in borders and then they would kill them for the insurance. Bell Guinness did that. And I want to say the late. 19 late 1800s into the 1900 the late 19th, late 19th century. That's all she did. She, she took in borders and she killed every single one of them for insurance. And she was prolific. And when they finally excavated her farm, they found bodies they couldn't identify because they didn't know about the people. Like, there were like some people they could put with faces, like people in town knew about the borders and then there are people they never could identify. So insurance fraud for money has been going on forever but with the regulations that came about after world war ii it became harder and people had to be there or they had to be part of that process and so it's a little bit laxer with people being able to take out insurance policies online but i still that's why it's important that you check in and investigate and find out it's very important um Vicky Lowing, an Australian woman, divorced her husband after he. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> divorced her husband after he asked her to give up her pet crocodile Johnny, which is like her child. Miss Lowing is 52, and she hand raised her pet for 15, for 13 years. And he has the run of the house and it sleeps with her son, Andrew. Victoria adopted the crocodile after it was left on her doorstep by an anonymous person. Her husband, Greg, said she spent too much time with the pet and asked her to give it up in a bid to save their marriage. But she refused and they got divorced. Husbands can look after themselves, but my crocodile can't. Okay, that's not a death or an attempted murder, but I have to laugh because (laughs) it's a crocodile. Like... I have a cat and yeah, if somebody came in and was like, give up your cat or I'm leaving, I would like open the door and be like, there's the door. So, but this is different. Like this is a marriage and they were married when she took in the crocodile. They have a child that they were raising. So, you know, that's very different than dating someone who has a cat and then trying to make the person that had the cat when you started dating them give up their cat like it's but it's a it's a crocodile (laughs) i don't know like but yeah like i said it's different like you've been together for years and we're raising a child before the crocodile came in like that's different like you got to give that a chance and 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 be like okay maybe like send him find a zoo he can chill at do like like, find, like, meet in the middle and be, like, I'm going to get a crocodile minder <laughs> to, to watch him while we do date night. Like, something. Like, meet in the middle. Like, that's not cool. Um, And this is the worst. This lady's the worst. Donwell Batista, number one, the worst. Donwell Batista married Dr. Richard Batista in 1990. In 2001. After two kidney transplants failed, Batista ended up being a match to his wife, so he offered her a kidney. After the transplant was successful, she survived, but of course, their marriage didn't survive. It only lasted for four years. She viewed the kidney as a new lease on life, and she went back to school to get her master's degree, took up karate, and... Uh, Repaid him by immediately sleeping with her physical therapist and then uh, took off with their kids and uh, divorced him. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, this is another not a murder, but awful. I mean, I would feel like I was dying if you took my kidney, and denied me access to my children and um, like just deuced out on me. Like I would feel like I was dying. Um, maybe that's just me. Uh, the heartbroken doctor is now requesting her to pay him 1.5 million dollars for his kidney. Yeah, he insisted his cash for kidney claim was a direct result of his wife's behavior. Wow. Well, it's illegal to sell organs in the United States, so uh, that's going to get thrown out because you can't you can't do that. <laughs> you so that's not gonna work like it's illegal to sell organs so you can't put a cash value on an organ so that's not going to work so okay dumber than a sack of hair in the news uh pandemic edition so um some of you especially if you're in the united states you have heard um This, if you're not in the United States, you may not have heard, you may have heard. It's awful. So people were protesting in the United States because they want things to open up. The protest signs are stupid, ignorant, ridiculous. Literally, there's a woman running around with a sign that says, I want to get my hair done. Like, the protests are not about the inconvenience, the lack of money, the lack of jobs. It's about the inconvenience to them. They want to get their hair done. They want to get their nails done. They want to go back to the movie theaters. It's selfish. And they want people to risk their health and safety and their family's health and safety so they can do that. Well, many states have opened back up. And now people in states that have opened back up are mad because they've opened back up, but with restrictions and the restriction being you need to wear a mask. And they don't want to wear the mask. So the problems that are coming from this is that in one city, a woman shot up a McDonald's because they would not serve her because she wasn't wearing a mask. How does that make any sense? You still don't get any food because you shut everyone that works in the McDonald's. Luckily, nobody died. But still, all the people she shot were teenagers working their first jobs. Once again, you still don't get any food. You just shot all the people that work in the McDonald's. How does that help anything? So yes, dumber than a sack of hair. Then you have multiple accounts of people who are being denied service because, once again, they don't have masks. I know my seat isn't open yet. It's supposed to – some things are going to open back on Tuesday and very limited, but it is required by law that you have masks in public. You can get fined $300 for not wearing a mask in public. So there are people going into stores. There's multiple accounts, multiple states. And they're being denied service. They're being kicked out of stores because they don't have masks. And they are assaulting the staff in the store for telling them they have to leave the store because they don't have masks because it's the law. And these people are just trying to do their job. You had all these rallies. You wanted to go back out. You wanted the stores to open. They opened. They're taking precautions for their and your safety. And you're assaulting them. How, once again, what does that solve? You're now going to get arrested, kicked out of the store. And you not only don't get your stuff, but you're probably also banned from the store. Once again, you also probably got arrested. Like none of these people seem to have any problem solving skills, any critical thinking skills. They're just like, let me beat this person up. And it solves nothing. So that's, (laughs) <laughs> That's one thing. So the next thing is we had two professional athletes, uh, American football players, who apparently went to a poker game. And because there are very conflicting accounts of what happened at this poker game, I'm going to say what was alleged initially to police was that... The two football players are DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar that they lost and that when they lost, they got upset, pulled out guns and stole their money and basically robbed the two men that they lost to of all their money, everything they had um, and took um, everything off of them. And so what happened was a warrant was put out for their arrest. And the police department tweeted the announcement, like they bragged about it on Twitter, that they had put out the Miramar um, police department, put out a tweet stating that they had put out a warrant for armed robbery and not only did they put out a tweet stating they had put out a warrant for them, but they added the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks so that they would be on blast. So they would know that they had put out a warrant for them. So what this does, this is dumber than a sack of hair for multiple reasons. But first of all, you just gave them a heads up. You just let them know that you put out a warrant for them. Why? Why would you tell them that you put out a warrant for them? Why would Why would you let them know this? Like they could have gone along thinking everything was good, that their fame gave them a skate, that they're going to be fine. And instead, you let them know if they did something wrong and they didn't want to be prosecuted, their money, they could have fled the country with their money. This is stupid. Like that was just that was dumb. That was dumb for, that was reason number one. That was so dumb. Second of all, once again, you let them know that you're planning to come for that. You gave them a heads up. Immediately they went out and they got a lawyer and they got a good lawyer and they got a very media savvy lawyer because that lawyer immediately went and did the circuit for the podcast and all the sports talk shows and what they tell everybody they told everybody they interviewed people that were at that poker game and one of the victims and that victim said they were not held up by this player so then what happens you have to take to social media again why are you the police on social media defending your case you shouldn't be defending your case to the public you are the police Your case should only be defended in a court of law. It looks horrible. So now you're saying that you have a sworn statement on tape. Great. Now what you've done, you have completely tainted your jury pool. Mistake number two. Because now you basically just told all your potential jurors somebody's lying. One of your witnesses is lying. Whether he lied to you or whether he lied to the investigator that the other uh, lawyer has, he lied to somebody. And at least one, if not two of those jurors is going to have read this or heard it on one of those podcasts or sports talk shows. And that's what they're going to think. They're going to think one of those guys is a liar. I don't know who he lied to, but he lied to one of them. He's a liar. I can't believe the witnesses. And that's your whole case. You tainted your jury pool. So, that is probably, I think, as far as a police mistake, that's probably the dumbest, dumbest thing that you could have done. Is like when you want to go as a police department, you should have transparency, but you need to be transparent when you have all the facts and when you have an airtight case and when everything is all set and that's not what this was you all you have was an arrest warrant and police arrest people and have them not be the guy all the time and end up not taking them to trial or not charging them all the time so you should not be going and doing media or press even if it is social media unless your case is airtight unless you've got all the facts And an arrest warrant is not enough for you to be doing any kind of media calling press conferences and definitely not going on social media. So, yeah, whoever runs their social media should absolutely be fired. That was just ridiculous and insane. And the two players did turn themselves in. They were released on bond. Um, The teams are not really... Since they're not playing right now, they're not really doing anything either way. They're just kind of kind of sitting back to see what happens. Because kind of right now, it's kind of a he said, she said situation. You have several witnesses saying that didn't happen. And then you have two people saying it did happen. Maybe only one person saying it did happen right now. So they're just kind of sitting back trying to see what is going on. Um, so as always, um, it was a pleasure, um, and I am working on two new episodes for you guys. I told you guys that I was going to do a Black Panther episode for you, so it's actually going to be two because there's two different phases to the Black Panthers, and I'm going to go into that for you. And then um, after that, the next one I'm going to do for you. And I wanted to do it for a while. I just haven't um, been able to find the right case. But um, I'm going to do a grievance collector for you guys. So in the meantime, um, I hope you guys are staying happy and healthy and safe while you're out there. And I will see you next time. Bye.